0: Welcome to Creek Over Coffee. I'm your host, Keith Harrison, and each episode I speak to a fellow teacher from Cherry Creek High School in Colorado about their classroom strategies and experiences. Today we have Emily Poole from the Social Studies Department. Emily, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> um, I kept on thinking of your name as, as Emily Post instead of Emily Poole. And...
1: The old etiquette lady. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's yes.
0: Very different podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, can you start by telling us what you teach here at Creek?
1: Yes, I teach CP World History and AP European History.
0: Cool. So that would explain. We'll All help explain some of the maps. So yes. Emily has this entire wall covered in very cool looking maps. Thank you. Very, very nice. How was last week, the, th- the first week of our regular hybrid cohorted schedule?
1: It was good. I am thankful to be in person because I think it is giving me more of a structure than what I had since March. But I think that it was exhausting to teach the same lessons so many times. And I come from a school I originally taught in Texas and my school there was block scheduling. Um, and I liked the block schedule, but this block schedule seems just very different and very long, but it was good. I mean, by the, you know, by the 10th time I teach that lesson, it is great. It is so good. So. So what's, some things.
0: what's the maximum number of sections of one class that you have?
1: So I do four CP world and then one AP.
0: So that means is it twelve of the same lesson? Then you're teaching the same lesson four times a week.
1: So I'm teaching the same Sorry, lesson eight times twice a, week. a
0: week. Yeah, 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 yeah. eight, eight okay. times. Yeah, so for me it's four, but I, you know, my engineering physics is two periods, so I have four times two periods a week, which is oh, yeah. quite a lot.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> um, and how is the online aspect going? How are you? Doing that.
1: And... You know, I am a young teacher and I am hip with the technology, or at least I thought I was, but I am not. <laughs> and I've had so many Schoology issues that I couldn't predict and that I'm trying to figure out, and then students are getting frustrated because I forgot to like include them in my cohort grading group. So then they can't turn this thing in online because the assignment's blocked to them. It's just as a learning. It's a learning time. I've never used Schoology before, I always use a separate huh. website. So I like certain things about it, but it is definitely an adjustment to get used to.
0: Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that I'm not sure if all teachers are aware of that uh, grading group
1: mm-hmm. ability in
0: Schoology, right? So you go to, you go to the members of your class, mm-hmm. and then I think to the right-hand side on your screen somewhere, it says group students according to a group, so you can make yep. a group for each cohort and assign. Because I've had issues with, like, how do I sort out the different deadlines for the different cohorts? Yes. So how are you approaching the two cohorts? Do you, are you running kind of trying to do it simultaneously or staggered or?
1: I am doing it staggered. Mm. So my B days are essentially always two days behind my A days. Um, and I think that that is working well for me because that is how I can keep things focused and straight Mm. this year. But I know that a lot of teachers are trying to do, like whatever they are doing in class, the remote kids are also doing that same day, which just seems like a lot of extra planning and work for me. And I think that there are too many other things going on in the world right now that I didn't want to have to figure out how to do that. Do that right. asynchronous or that synchronous learning? I'd rather do it staggered.
0: Yeah, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. We're kind of all just playing it by ear right now, right? It's all yes. new new territory. Yep. Yeah. So, so what is, what is something that you're excited about this year? Maybe something new that you're you're thinking of trying.
1: <sighs> well, this is my first year teaching AP Euro, so I'm excited about everything I'm doing with AP Euro. Um, I like that on Mondays I'm recording videos of myself saying, this is what you learned about last week. Let me sum it up really briefly so everyone's on the same page. This is what we're learning about this week. Um, and I think that that will help if students watch them. <laughs> that will help, I think, keep engagement going even when I don't see them, when I only see them twice a week. Another thing I'm trying to do is stay really organized, which has been hard because I'm trying all of these different pieces of technology to help me stay organized and help the students stay on task. But I think the students are overwhelmed with technology and I'm overwhelmed with technology. But I did find this one website that I really like that I wanted to shout out to the world. Um, it is called Sutori, S-U-T-O-R-I, and it's essentially like a time line thing but what I'm using it for is just like a daily lesson plan so like whatever you're doing on Tuesday remote kids you're doing this in-person kids you're doing this and I have included links to all of the things that they need I've thrown up some like extra supplemental stuff so that is kind of my calendar in one page that I can embed on Schoology that shows them exactly what they need to know for that day and gives them all the resources there because I know my students were struggling trying to figure out where do I go to find this assignment what's in this folder I don't like my no one nothing is being explained to me how do I find this stuff so I'm I'm trying it and I like it so far I've done it for two weeks so awesome yeah
0: yeah I mean I I'm a parent of a of a child in the district I have a son in in middle school and even I find it overwhelming to see the information coming from his teachers to me like all the different ways they're doing things so sometimes using all of the technology technological tools is not necessarily the best way to go, right? But if you can find out one or two things that work.
1: Yeah. And you know, my two mottos for this year are not ideal and make it work. So (laughs) I'm trying to keep those in mind as I'm figuring out how to organize this year.
0: And how's it going with the rest of your department, PLCs and all that?
1: I am really thankful that this year we're doing PLCs on Monday. I think it Mm -hmm. is nice to get that, like have not feel rushed when we're in the middle of a PLC or like people need to leave because they have a first period class. Um, Our world history PLC has worked really well for the past few years. And we have been talking about, yeah, The we had one last week and we're just talking about how we're going to structure things and what everyone's doing. Like how can we help each other out? What are some neat pieces of technology, which has been really helpful to collaborate like that. And then I'm the only AP Euro teacher here. So I've just been sitting in on the AP World teachers plc and we're just talking about skills and it is nice to not have to reinvent the wheel and it's nice to be able to collaborate and talk about here are things that i've done that i think work well or here are things that you should avoid doing or can we come up with a lesson for this one thing together It's great
0: cool tell us a little bit more about the ap Euro course like what what what's in your curriculum that, <sighs>
1: Well, you know, I was given the opportunity to teach AP Word, World, which is what I had taught in Texas, or AP Euro, and I was excited about taking on a new class because I would like to build it up into more than one class. Um, but it just seems like an interesting time to teach a class that focuses on European history in light of everything that's happening in the world. Um, we are starting with the Renaissance, and then we go through the creation of the Euro. And... It Yeah, I mean, it's a very Eurocentric class, and I'm trying to bring in outside perspectives, and we talk about perspectives a lot, but it just seems like an interesting time in world history to teach mm-hmm. just like a European history course. <laughs> anyway, um I think it's great. I like the content a lot. That being said, um, it's interesting. It's fun to be able to go deeper into a subject when I feel like AP World was really just an overview of here's a broad you know, understanding of world history and not really be able to go deep in any way. So I'm excited about that for this class. And I am nervous about being with AP students two days a week. Like I see them 30 something times this semester. That is not enough time to teach this AP course. And I feel like other AP teachers are also feeling that too. The other thing that's unique about AP Euro is that it's technically an elective. So sophomores through seniors can take it which means that I have had, I currently have um, students who have never taken an AP course who are sophomores or are seniors. And then I have students who are, uh, I asked them why they were taking the course and they were like, "Miss Poole, I ran out of other AP courses to take. <laughs> so now I'm in this class. So the skill level is very different, which is, I thought it was going to be challenging, but I'm going, I'm forcing them to do a lot of collaborative work, even when we're not in class, so that the students who are new to AP can learn from the more experienced AP Students And I think that that will help if they are doing what I'm asking them to do, of course. Right.
0: Um, so so correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the, the stresses with AP classes is that all the students take the same exam across the, the country, right? So you, mm-hmm. you kind of beholden to that curriculum and you have to get through the whole thing. Yes. Are, are there Are there any signs this year that the college board has any different plans other than... The usual
1: Oh. Curriculum. So last in the spring last year, the College Board decided that they were going to do a five-question DBQ for all of their AP history exams. DBQ? Uh, sorry, a document-based question. Okay. So they're given a question, five documents, and then they use the documents to help, and their outside knowledge to help them answer mm-hmm. that question. Um, thank you for making me clarify that. Yeah, right. um, and I graded those DBQs over the summer with the college board. And I really liked that format a lot. Um, they changed up their DBQ rubric a lot to have like better allow for student understanding in a very hard time. But this year they are say they're operating as normal and that they're going to do their regular multiple choice, um, long answer or long essay question, short answer questions and DBQ. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but the college board has not said that they are going to revert back to any other or new way of testing students.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, so one last question I want to get you maybe more controversial is that the, the whole idea of equity has been very much in our minds lately with what's been going on. And, and of course, it's been, been a theme in the district this year as well. So is, is there anything that you're kind of focusing on this year in your history classes that you might not ordinarily that, that kind of bring out that theme?
1: Hmm. History is a really great way to talk about equity. And I think that history, especially world history and even European history, lends itself to talking about more controversial issues because, yeah, I mean, maybe compared to a science class, like, it's just easier <laughs> for me to, like, talk about current events and what's happening in the world and how we can address them and relate them to things that have happened in history. Um, I always try to include other perspectives and include how... You know, this is like the dominant narrative of history, especially if I'm looking at AP European history. Look at this dominant white man version of history. It is not the only version of history. (laughs) Let us also consider people who are not the wealthy, people who are not the elite. Let's consider women. I'm going to do a whole women unit in my AP European history class at the end of this. And then let's also consider like, I mean, I'm just planning a lesson right now over exploration. And it is this theme or idea that like these Europeans came in because like they're better and they're stronger, which is just not true. They had more advanced weapons, but that is a there's a whole nother lesson that I can give you there about why Eurasian societies developed faster than other areas. Um, but I think that it's important to always include other perspectives and always like change the rhetoric about how we say things. Like don't I'm really trying to make a conscious decision this year to not say slaves. Because that is like dehumanizing them more than they already have been dehumanized. So I want to say like enslaved peoples, because they are peoples who have then like been taken out of their homeland and then have been enslaved. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm trying to be conscious about, yeah, changing maybe rhetoric and including different perspectives, which is something that I always do in my history class, um, but are you specifically asking about? I went on a tangent. Equity in the classroom. No, or are you that's, talking, no okay? that's, that's
0: very much. And, and also, the, I mean, how's the, how the textbooks that you're using on, <laughs> on that? Are they they're pretty behind the times?
1: Um, the AP European History textbook that I use is from 2008, 2008 or 2009. So it's pretty old. I supplement with a lot of things that I find online. And for my world history textbook, I actually make my own textbook compiling a bunch of different sources from different mm-hmm. textbooks. It is not plagiarized because it's always less than 10% <laughs> of the textbook that I'm copying. Don't worry. I've looked into it. Um, and in doing that, I try to always include texts that I think are beneficial that don't just show this is like, you know, white man history. Because history is not just white man history. And we should learn that. Good knew? <laughs>
0: All right, good. I, I I think that's that's it. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Of course, thank yeah, you for having me. Fun.